Today's episode of the Finding Light podcast is sponsored by David Pollard at Raymond James Partners Financial Group, which specializes in helping families and businesses manage their investments so that they can spend their time where it matters most. And Tillman Eye Center, which serves Carrollton, Georgia, with a wide range of optometry services in a professional and comfortable environment with staff who care. And welcome into the Finding Light podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Seth Kane, Sarah Claudia's husband, and we're doing things a little bit different uh, on this podcast episode here today. She is right now, as of this recording, in Rochester, Michigan, where she is at the campus of Leader Dog. And some exciting news is that she has been granted her new guide dog, and she is here to tell us all about her experience so far as we are going to be piecing together uh, over the course of this episode, all of her experiences, the entire three weeks that she has been spending in Michigan and telling us about every experience that she has had so far with Leader Dog in Michigan. She joins us uh, by the phone right now. Sarah, I know it has been uh, a whirlwind of a first week up there in Michigan. So tell us, how has the first week been going so far? Yes, it, it has been a whirlwind. And I'll say it feels a little weird being a guest on my own podcast, but uh, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of liking this. I'm kind of liking it. Hey, it gives you a bit of a break for a little while. I know. I feel like I don't have to do the work. I just have to answer the questions. Exactly. But it it has been a whirlwind. The whole experience has been a whirlwind. Honestly, I I think it was about three weeks ago when I got the call that I had a spot in class. And so I only had about two weeks to kind of prepare and pack up and get ready for this new adventure. So the wonderful thing about Leader Dog for the Blind is when you are accepted into their training program, they literally take care of everything for you. So my flight was booked and paid for. My accommodations were set up. So I'm staying on campus at Leader Dog. They have a residential campus where they have your own, you have your own room, your own bathroom. They have laundry facilities, a gym, delicious food at the dining room. I mean, it's like a a little vacation if it wasn't so much work. But I got here on a Monday and I got here kind of late. So didn't really have any training that first day, but the next day I met my instructor and we did some Juno walking. So that's where my instructor pretended to be the dog. So she held one end of the harness and I held the other. And the point of this was for her to kind of see how fast I like to walk, what I'm comfortable with, And it was also a time for her to get to know me. So they ask you questions like, what do you do for a living? What do you do for leisure? What's your family life like? All of that, because they're trying to match you to the perfect dog. So I came to Michigan knowing I was getting a dog, but knowing nothing about the dog because they were still trying to kind of firm up that match. So on Wednesday, first Wednesday I was here, About one o'clock in the afternoon, my instructor came to my door, to my room, and she knocked on my door and she said, are you ready to hear about your dog? And this moment, there's so much anticipation leading up to this moment. And I said, yes. And she said, your dog's name is Jackson. He is a black lab golden retriever cross. He's 68 pounds and he's 22 months old. And that's all she said. And I kind of had a minute to take that in. She left me. She said, go sit in your chair and get some treats. And I'll be back in a minute. So she came back in about 10 minutes, longest 10 minutes of my life. 
and she opens the door and this big silky black lovable guy ran to me and started covering me with kisses and from that moment on this dog has been everywhere I go attached to my hip we have to take them to meals um they live in the room with us we take them out to go to the bathroom six times a day and we train about eight to ten hours a day Pretty much it's uh, kind of like a steady schedule. You still have the same schedule you got to go by pretty much every day, right? Yeah. So it the schedule is laid out to us. It's actually in Braille, several places around campus, and they email it to us as well. So we get up at 6.30, we take the dogs out, we feed and water them. And from then on out, our meals are scheduled out, the dog's meals, the dog's water, the dogs uh, scheduled to go to the bathroom and then our training schedule. So we train, I mean, it's pretty much all day, but we have blocks like a morning training session and then we have lunch and then an evening training session. And then a lot of times after that afternoon, evening training session, we have lectures where they just talk to us about um, certain topics from ways to relax your dog to health care for your dog. So you're training with your guide dog, but you're also learning how to be a good dog owner, I guess. Well, I guess we can also say that's uh, kind of sad that you can't keep your husband on that same kind of training schedule, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I might be working on a, a schedule that I'll give you when we get back. Oh, we can gracious. talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, folks, I opened my mouth up to that. I, I deserve that. <laughs> I, I deserve that one. Well, let's um, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit. And I know we, we've uh, talked about the exciting stuff. You've got Jackson. I've you've seen you've shown me several pictures of him. I can't wait to meet him, which I know it's it's going to be uh, by the time this podcast episode comes out, I'm already going to meet him. Tell us about what exactly Leader Dog is for those who are just like, okay, what exactly does Leader Dog do besides just train and get dogs ready for those with yeah. uh, visual impairments of, of different uh, levels? Yeah, there's a lot that Leader Dog does. I actually was introduced to them in 2016. I was sponsored by the Carrollton Lions Club to go to leader dog for orientation and mobility training. And what that is, is when they just teach someone who's blind to navigate the world with a white cane. So I came up here for a week. I actually did it twice. Um, I came up here for a week at a time, twice to just have training on my cane. So they would take me places, um, teach me how to cross the street, how to navigate indoor, outdoor spaces. So they do that. They do what's called summer experience camps for kids and teenagers and then they breed and train all of their dogs before they give them to clients okay so it sounds like uh, they've got a lot going on uh, up there well uh, as as we kind of wound down uh, wind down on this section of the podcast uh, we know we're going to be talking more uh, in the uh, later on in the episode about your next experiences so your overall experience that you have had so far after week one what has your overall experience been like and your overall review of your first week there it's been amazing but it's also been very very challenging they they tell you you know when you get a guide dog the the dog's job is to get you where you're going safely but your job is to tell the dog where to go and so once i got this dog and started the bonding process and we started training we would go out to little routes around town and you know you would have to tell the dog forward left right but it's more than just voice commands it's your whole 
body language and where you're looking, the dog can feel all of that. So I think the most challenging thing has just been learning how to communicate with him and not confuse him because on our very first day's training, my instructor would be right there on Jackson's other side. So she would kind of be guiding us a little bit, but eventually she started taking off her leash where I was completely in control. And it was kind of like a kid in school when the teacher kind of turns her back and kids are like, okay, let's see what we can get away with. That's kind of what the dogs start doing. Because at the end of the day, yes, they're smart and very capable dogs, but they're also dogs. So they kind of start testing you a little bit and that's been challenging. But here at Leader Dog, they really prepare you for everything. So part of our training yesterday was that we were told a route to walk with our dogs and along that route they had different staff members purposefully trying to distract your dog so we had to go through that and learn how to kind of redirect them and then in the afternoon training session they put obstacles along that same path so the sidewalk would be covered with something that you and the dog had to figure out how to get around so it's been it's been pretty challenging it there's a lot to getting a guide dog that people don't really understand they think every blind person you know just being blind is enough to be given a dog and that's not true you have to have a lot of orientation and mobility training but they also think that the dog just takes you wherever and that's not true at well as well so it's just been a lot of work but I still have two more weeks where Jackson and I will get to learn and grow together and I am excited share it with all of you as well. And yeah, we will be talking more about this uh, over the course of this podcast. Of course, uh, more experiences are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks as you're on your way into graduation. Before we let you go, has there been any like funny experiences that you've had uh, with Jackson so far <laughs> over the last three or four days? Um, I'm trying to think, not really with Jackson specifically, but it's just a really fun time here getting to know all the people around me and we played bingo last night and I was, I was talking to Yusef on the phone and you laughed so hard because I told you only at a guide dog training school would we have to pause the bingo game to clean up dog throw up. So it's just things like that. I mean, funny things happen and getting to know people and getting to know these dogs. But my boy, he is, I'm not going to say he's the best in the class, but I might be a little biased, but I think I definitely got a good one. He's so sweet and so lovable, and I can't wait for all of you to meet him. Yeah, we're uh, going to be meeting him here uh, pretty soon, which I know the interesting when I'm going to get to meet him, I'm going to be walking the door from a football game on a, on a Friday night when I get to meet him. So that's that's going to be my first experience getting to meet him like at midnight. <laughs> um, so that he might growl at me when I first walk in the door. So that kind of uh, shows you how protective he's going to be. But uh, he's going to be a lovable dog once uh, once we get to know him really well. Well, we're going to be having more experiences from Sarah Claudia talking about this here on the Finding Light podcast, and we will have more of that coming up right after this. This segment of the Finding Light podcast is sponsored by Ashley Burgess Photography. Ashley has been a photographer in the West Georgia area since 2014. She specializes in weddings, elopements, and couples, but she also loves working with seniors and individuals for portraits. No matter the subject in front of the camera, Ashley's goal is to create warm, dreamy images that capture the emotions of all of your precious moments. 
Visit the Sponsors tab at sarahclaudia.com for more information about Ashley Burgess Photography. Okay, so we talked about the whole leader dog process of how you got selected, of what leader dog's all about, and experienced your first week and meeting Jackson for the very first time as he is a sweet, lovable black lab uh, retriever cross. Uh, so we know he's already a, a great looking dog. He's already the, the goodest of all good boys now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we go into week two now. So let's let's talk about the fun part of this. And this is the training portion. And, and tell us what the training has, has been like. Has it been great every day of the week? Has it been uh, something that's been testing your patience a lot? I mean, what's what's the training been like over the course of week two? Honestly, it's been challenging, but Jackson is a very, very, very good boy. So I feel like I'm blessed with him. But it definitely has been challenging because in this second week, we started being able to do more independent travel. So in the first week, we did a lot with the instructors kind of right by us. You know, they were attached to us with safety leashes for a lot of the time, and then they would unclip their leashes when they thought we were ready, but they were still right there beside us or right behind us, kind of giving us instruction when we ran into problems and showing us, you know, how our dogs moved and telling us when they were distracted or when they were just guiding us around an obstacle or something like that. But this week, they started letting us kind of go out by ourselves and they would have people stationed around our route so that if we needed help, they were there, but we were ultimately on our own. And one of the most intimidating things that we did was the middle of this week, we were taken to a completely unfamiliar neighborhood. It was like a downtown residential area. And the dogs had never been there before, and we had never been there before. And we were on the bus, and our instructor told us this route. She said, okay, you're going to get off the bus, turn left, walk up to so-and-so street, turn right, cross the next street, turn right. So she gave us this kind of complicated sounding route, and we had to then go off and walk it. And that was very, very intimidating, not only because we were doing it independently, but because it was a new area somewhere I had never been before. I didn't know how it would feel under my feet and how Jackson would react. So this week, they definitely ramped it up a little bit. And there were times where we got a little turned around, had to problem solve. But ultimately, Jackson and I were really starting to be able to communicate better with each other. And I know that sounds weird, like communicating with a dog, but I'm getting more confident in giving him commands and he's getting more confident kind of listening and guiding me as well. Well, because I think that's been like a, a big transition from him from going to being trained and raised by these puppy raisers that, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, to somebody that's totally new. So that's, I know, been a big transition for him too. Yeah, definitely. He spent four months of his formal guide training with the instructor and he got used how she gives commands and you know her body language and all of that and all of a sudden he's having to listen to a whole new person it's kind of like when a kid um, gets a substitute teacher you know at first he kind of thought okay this is my substitute teacher I can listen to her for a little while and at some point it had to click in his head that okay this is this is my new person I'm I've got to stop testing her I've got to listen to her so it was 
definitely been a transition for both of us. Let's move on and talk about it. Uh, you, the the thing that we you were mentioning was going into these different neighborhoods and especially the neighborhoods that the, the dogs have never been to before, that you've never been to before in your previous training before you got Jackson. I think a lot of people want to know is how do the dogs know where to go? Because I think uh, there's this like big misconception that these dogs are like implanted with a GPS system or, or something like that. And, and I think that's one of the big misconceptions of, of guide yeah. dogs. So tell us uh, if how do dogs know where to go in a sense? Okay, so these dogs are trained to travel in a straight line from one curb to the next curb. So they're trained to just go straight unless they encounter an obstacle. Then they'll go around it, but they keep going to the next curb. It's the handler's job to tell the dog where to go. So once that dog stops at the curb, they listen for their handler to tell them either right, left, or forward. So the dog doesn't really know where it's going. Yes, if if there's a route you walk every single day, the dog's going to start anticipating it. And they might, you know, if you don't give them a command, they might just assume you want to go to the right because you go there every day. But at the end of the day, it's your job to tell the dog where to go. But it, it's kind of interesting because you can target them to certain objects. So that's something we learned how to do this week as well. You can target them to find a certain door or a certain chair. So what that means is you just train the dog that that's where you want to go and you teach them find the door or find the chair and they'll take you to that chair or to that door. So Yes, at certain times they know where they're going, but ultimately they look for their handler to give them that instruction. And as you do give them that instruction, I think another one of the biggest things, too, is we know that with the harness on that Jax is still working, uh, but sometimes he can still get a little bit distracted. I mean, how how have the distractions been uh, with Jackson so far? (laughs) So up to this point, Jackson has been not very easily distracted. We've been in neighborhoods where there's barking dogs and people doing their lawn, even people talking to him while we're walking. And he's not a super, super easily distracted dog. So it's kind of been a blessing for me. Um, When he does start getting distracted, I can kind of feel and harness his head, kind of move and start looking at things. And I'll just say, Jackson, straight. And he'll kind of straighten up. And that's really been the the only correction I've had to give him until just about an hour ago we did our first completely independent route so it's a Sunday today so there's no instructors here and this is the second Sunday I've been here and they opened up the practice course here and they told us we could walk it with our dogs in harness they they thought we were ready which we all are and so I got brave and I went out there with Jackson and He did absolutely perfect up until we came to get back to the building. We were like maybe 30 feet away and we passed these big grass play pens where he used to play when he was here in training. And there were a bunch of dogs out there playing and he got very, 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 very distracted. Um, Had to use all of the things that we learned to get their attention back. Um, And that was kind of the the biggest struggle we've had so far with distractions. But it was a good reality checker for me to remember that, yes, he's he's still a dog. He's not perfect, and he's going to get distracted from time to time. 
Well, as uh, we we move on and we talk more, um, and we'll we'll kind of circle around about uh, back to him being going from one trainer and one family to to you and to learning something totally different. He was raised by uh, puppy raisers. He was trained by other people, including he uh, spent a little bit of time being raised in the prison system a little bit. Tell us about that. Yeah, Jackson did some time behind bars, um, but how leader dogs work, it's, it's pretty cool. They breed all of their own dogs. So they have a stock of dogs that are their breeders, and they have volunteers who keep these dogs in their homes. So the puppies are born, and then they're sent out to volunteer puppy raisers. And these people devote a year of their life to raising future leader dogs. So they bring these puppies in. They do all of the basic obedience. They take them to puppy classes. And they have check-ins all throughout the year, you know, to make sure the puppies are on track. And a cool part of this system is that a lot of these puppy raisers are actually inmates in prison. So Jackson spent nine months of his life, the first nine months of his life, being trained by an inmate. And I am so thankful for that inmate because they did a wonderful job. I mean, Jackson is, he's so obedient. He is so calm. He's just got a wonderful way about him. And he would have stayed in that prison up until he was a year, but because of COVID, a lot of puppies had to be sent out. So at that point, leader dogs kind of had to scramble and find last-minute volunteer puppy raisers. So at that point, he was sent to a lady in Michigan, and this was her very first puppy. And she had Jackson a little bit past his first birthday because of COVID. Again, the puppy raisers had to keep the dogs a little bit longer. But that's kind of how it works. It's, it's hard for the puppy raisers after they've spent a year with this puppy bonding with it and teaching it and loving it to give it up. But they ultimately know that they're going on to a bigger purpose. So I actually got the chance to meet virtually with this puppy raiser. Her name's Karen, and I got to hear about Jackson's younger days, and um, she got to see him through the, the video camera. So it was a really good moment for both of us. Yeah, see, I, I don't think I could do that because I would get too attached to the dog, and I would just lose it when I know, even though I know <laughs> he's going to be going to do great things, I would still, I'd be like, nah, I just, I couldn't do it. That'd break my heart to get yeah, attached and then have to have to give them, give them up. There's people who have done my, one of the people on my team here, he met with his dog's puppy raiser and his dog was her 22nd puppy. She's been doing this for 22 years. Wow. That's yeah, that's, that's definitely amazing. Well, uh, a lot of great stuff we talked about here in this portion. Well, the next portion that we're going to be talking about is well, basically going to be graduation day and that's going to be coming up here in just a few minutes. And we'll talk about that on the other side of this timeout. Thanks for listening to the finding light podcast. And we got more about Sarah Claudia's experience at leader dog in Rochester, Michigan coming up right after this. Today's episode of the Finding Light podcast is sponsored by David Pollard at Raymond James Partners Financial Group, which specializes in helping families and businesses manage their investments so that they can spend their time where it matters most. And Tillman Eye Center, which serves Carrollton, Georgia, with a wide range of optometry services in a professional and comfortable environment with staff who care.
Well, as we continue on with the Finding Light podcast and talking with Sarah Claudia from her time in Rochester, Michigan at Leader Dog, now we're getting down to the final week. And this final week is, well, it's the week of graduation and the week that uh, you get ready to come home and uh, finally get to bring Jackson home uh, after spending about three weeks and uh, actually getting to come home to your husband, too, who uh, <laughs> has been missing you dearly, I might add. Uh, he's well. He's ready to get back on a regular eating schedule. I know that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's the thing though. When she's been gone for the last uh, three weeks, yeah, my eating schedule has been totally out of whack. Mostly it's been my fault, but you know, hey, I'm a guy and I'm not used to being on certain schedules. But anyway, we digress and we move on. So uh, let's talk about the final week. What has this final week been like up there at Leader Dog? And uh, just what are you feeling as it's as it's been uh, getting ready to come to a close? Well, it's honestly very bittersweet. Like you said, I've been away from home for a long time. I miss my husband. I miss my family. But I've also kind of built relationships and a new family here. I mean, we've all, there's, I think, 13 other people in my class, and we've all just become friends. And we've shared kind of our stories, and we've just gotten really close. So, like, I'm excited to come home and bring Jackson home, but it's also sad to leave everybody. But I'm excited. I honestly can't believe the day has already come. Like, it seems like I've been here for so long, but it's gone by so, so quick. Well, you talk about the the relationships that you build up there with with so many, and you made some new friends, and pretty much essentially uh, you're in the same boat in, in a sense, even though we've talked earlier in the podcast that some of your friends up there have uh, at least a little bit of vision and all, but still you are uh, still in the same boat essentially, and uh, but still yeah. working to get the leader dog and still uh, see some of the same struggles uh, just about every day. Yeah, it's so interesting because everybody has a different story, whether it's uh, an accident, um, one guy lost his sight in the Vietnam War, and then there's several people who have different eye conditions. So everybody's kind of different. And like you said, everybody has different ranges of vision. So there's about five or six of us who are completely blind, like me, and then there's other people with varying degrees. So those people have kind of stepped up and helped the, the people who can't see anything out. So it, it's been kind of fun relying on each other Um But at the same time, like you're saying, we all do have the same struggles. So it's always fun to kind of get together and and share stories and, and hardships, but also, you know, laugh about it. This is the one time where... I can make a blind joke and people will actually laugh because when I do it around people who are sighted, they're like, "Ah, I don't know if I should laugh at that or not. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll say this about the blind jokes. And this is coming from her husband when she makes blind jokes. I essentially I bust out laughing because I think they're hilarious. I think they're funny because folks who are blind and depending on who you're taught to, depending on the disability too, if they make a joke about it, usually they're trying to poke fun at themselves a little bit. They know they've got some uh, uh, situation that, you know, essentially they can't help and they just got to make the light of the situation. So joking is yeah. one way how people can uh, can kind of cope with that who uh, have a disability in some form or fashion. Exactly. Well, as uh, we go on and we talk about this final week, what did you go through in training? training uh in in this final week i know you had some uh, pretty excitement that involved uh, a traffic training uh this week i know it made uh, your mom and i a little bit nervous but uh, essentially jackson was a good boy and he did his job so tell us about that yes so this week we did a lot of independent routes and on one of those independent routes they did what's called traffic checks 
And so traffic checks are when they check and make sure that the dog will respond to traffic in the correct way if a car pulls out in front of you. So they had one of the instructors drive around in a Prius, which you can't hear. So like we didn't even know the car was coming. We just had to pay attention to our dog. And when they stopped, we stopped. And so when a car would pull out in front of us, the dog is trained to just kind of stop. And then you listen and you tell them when it's safe to move forward. So I had on my route two of those traffic checks by the instructor. And then I had one what they call natural traffic check. So I actually had a person, just a a random driver, actually pull out in front of us. And Jackson was good. He stopped like he was supposed to and kept me safe. So that was pretty exciting. Well, I'm glad that he was doing his job because I just got him some extra treats just for that. So (laughs) that's going to be waiting for him when he gets home here in just a little while. So what else did you uh, experience this week besides uh, almost getting hit by a vehicle besides that part of the training? (laughs) Well, on a little bit lighter side, we got to use kind of everything we've learned the past three weeks to do some real life stuff. So a lot of the things I'll be doing with Jackson is I like to go to um, coffee shops and do a lot of my writing and work on my speeches. So I actually got to learn and then walk a route up to a coffee shop. And I got to go in there and sit and practice having him settle in there, which he did perfect. Once I got him to lay down, he never got up. And then we got to work our way out of there and then work the route back to the downtown campus. And that was my last route downtown. And when I got to the end of that route, my instructor, she was so excited. I could just feel the smile on her face. I could hear it in her voice. And she said, wow, you guys look like a team. And that was the biggest compliment I could get. And that kind of summed up my three weeks. I was like, wow, I've accomplished what I came here to do because it is a team effort when you have a dog. Like, yes, you give them commands, but you also have to for them to guide you around stuff and you have to listen to that and you have to know your dog well enough to know if they're distracted and they're veering off the path or if they're just guiding you around an obstacle and that last route it it all just kind of really clicked and I don't know it just it just felt good so I'm, I'm so excited to bring him home. Well, I know I'm excited for y'all to be home. I'm uh, I, I'm excited to meet him. And uh, of course, coming up in a later episode following this one, we are going to be talking about the trip home from Rochester, <laughs> Michigan. See how the flight went, how navigating not only Detroit International Airport, but Hartsfield-Jackson uh, in Atlanta and how that's going to go. And his first car trip back out here to where we live here in West Georgia. And uh, so we're going to be having that one coming up in a uh, in a later episode. Uh, when uh, when you both are back home. So uh, before we end this podcast, what is the biggest takeaway that you have taken in your entire time that you've been at Leader Dog in Michigan? Oh, my biggest takeaway, I think, is just how much the, the bonding period at the beginning, you know, they harp on that so much, bond with your dog, bond with your dog. But I didn't really realize how big of a role that would play. Like just building that foundational relationship with him and learning how to trust him and getting him to trust me, that has been so important in this whole process. 
Well, it sounds like that you have learned a lot and uh, you're ready to put all that you've learned to good use uh, when you come back home. And I know there's going to be a lot of people excited to see you out and about, and especially in our neighborhood and out and about town and uh, especially with Jackson. I know they're going to get ready to meet him. And uh, <laughs> I know a lot of our neighbors are excited and everybody that I've talked to, they're real excited to meet Jackson yeah. as well. So we're we're all looking forward to that. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this portion of the Finding Light podcast. And as we said earlier, we're going to have another episode going to be coming when she's going to be talking about the full flight home, how he did uh, navigating through Detroit International and then on the plane ride then through Hartsfield Jackson on the way back home. So anyway, so we will have uh, that podcast episode coming up in the next couple of weeks. So you want to be listening out for that. And as always, as Sarah Claudia always says, be sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram, Sarah Claudia Ministries at Sarah Claudia on Instagram. And we hope that you find light in the dark circumstances. Did I get that right? Yes, and we'll see y'all next time.